This is Wellness Wednesday from The Current. You are tuned into Wellness Wednesday. My name is Sean McPherson with Dr. Megan Bensignor, a doctor over at University of Minnesota, and I am so thankful that we'll be talking today about obesity. Yeah, thank you for having me. And we know that in Minnesota, one out of every 10 children and one out of every three adults struggles with obesity. And it's no secret that the world has been facing an obesity epidemic for many years, but what a lot of us don't know is that there is work being done to battle this epidemic happening right here in Minnesota at the University of Minnesota Medical School. And Dr. Megan is a big part of that. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Megan Bensignor. To you, how do we define obesity? So in the most simple clinical sense, we use BMI or body mass index as our kind of strict clinical criteria, fully recognizing that everyone comes in different shapes and sizes and body mass index doesn't always get at the core of who has obesity or who is unhealthy um, or not. For kids, that's a BMI greater than the 95th percentile for age and sex. And for adults, that's a BMI greater than 30. Got you. And now with that uh, diagnosis or with that description of obesity, can we talk a little bit about this thing that is being called an epidemic of obesity? I got to say, as an obese person myself, sometimes I struggle to hear this thing being referred to as an epidemic when I'm like, it's it's me. It's I'm a human. There's it's all human people involved in this. How do you define this as an epidemic? And then what is your research and, and your work doing to address it? Sure. Yeah. You bring up a really good point in that kind of the way our focus is at the Center for Pediatric Obesity here at the U is that obesity, we use it sort of as not someone is obese, but someone has obesity and kind of using in a frame as a chronic disease. And that's not using it as as sort of a character descriptor, but mainly in a very sort of clinical sense, looking at the, the amount of stress the body has to excess weight. The blood pressure is too high or they're starting to show signs of diabetes or prediabetes, or for a kid, does this mean abnormalities in the hips and knees coming from the extra stress or pressure? You are tuned into Wellness Wednesday on The Current's Morning Show. My name is Sean McPherson. I'm joined by Dr. Megan Bensignor of the University of Minnesota. And now a lot of your focus is on obesity in children. I assume that brings some unique difficulties, some unique challenges, and obviously some unique opportunities. Can you tell me about your work with children in Minnesota? Sure. So I am part of a multidisciplinary research team um, at the, the Center for Pediatric Obesity Medicine, as well as a clinician at the Pediatric Weight Management Center at um, University of Minnesota Fairview Children's Hospital. We at the Center for Pediatric Obesity Medicine are also an interdisciplinary team that is with PhDs, MDs, dietitians and research coordinators that are really trying to discover new and effective and safe treatments that improve both the physical and emotional health in teenagers who are affected by obesity and obesity-related diseases. I'm glad that you brought up the emotional health thing, and I figure we probably got a lot of people listening who might have some some misgivings or some apprehensions about being in environments like this and also about the research that comes out of environments like this. Growing up, um, I remember sitting with a nutritionist when I was in third grade, and they'd lay out the growth chart, and then the nutritionist would point to the front of the desk, and they'd be like, now here's where your son is. He's completely off the chart. 
charts. And I remember, you know, having nurses giggle at the scale when I got on to get weighed in high school and these things that are that are so painful. And yeah. then I, and I know that so many professionals have turned a page, but so much of it is about making sure that people are comfortable coming in. How how are you making obese, especially children, boys and girls coming in? comfortable and helping in that thing where sometimes going to a doctor, even though it's the right thing to do, can make your lived experience worse. How are you addressing that? And is your team addressing that? Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I'm so sorry you went through that absolutely horrible experience. Thank you. Thank and um, as you point out, weight stigma and weight bias are very real and very you know, traumatic for our patients. And anxiety and depression are pretty common with amongst children and adolescents with obesity for a whole host of reasons. Um, the medical field has come away. <laughs> we have a long way, I think, to go in really addressing sort of the disease that obesity is not you know, someone's fault. It's not a matter of willpower. It's not a matter of nutrition education. Our sort of ethos or focus is really addressing the biological mechanisms and just trying to get the body healthier in terms of not number on the scale, but those obesity-related kind of diseases that go with it. So one of the things we do within research and also within the clinic is really sort of explaining to our patients once they're in the door that 80% of the way we are, the shape and size we are, is based on genetics and biology, which is pretty much out of our control. So I really, when I meet patients, kind of sit down with them and sort of explain, you know, how our bodies are designed to keep weight on. When we lose weight in our body, since we lose weight, the hormones that control our appetite get changed. So we get hungrier through our brain saying, oh, no, we're starving. We don't know where our next meal is coming from. So our hunger hormones go up. Um, we use calories less efficiently, and our bodies just are designed to keep weight on. So we kind of go through the whole gamut, but really trying to empower patients and families to find what's best for them and for them to feel comfortable. Well, that is that is music to my ears and, and really wonderful to hear. Dr. Megan Bensignor, we are running out of time, but I do want to make sure that for folks who might not connect directly with your clinic or might not be able to access this research directly, uh, what can we as individuals do to stay healthy without subjecting ourselves to toxic diet culture and, and, and all this stuff I feel like we want to avoid, but we also yeah. want to make sure we can be healthy? What's the best things to do? Yeah, I, I think not to look at it as a diet or big changes. Um, it's all in small, incremental, healthy changes. Diets aren't great, and losing weight suddenly isn't great. Your body kind of goes into a yo-yo effect where it's trying to hold on to calories, and it makes it harder to lose weight, or rebound weight gain happens very quickly. So I would advise listeners really to avoid kind of fad diets and losing a lot of weight quickly. It's more of, a, it's not about dieting, it's more about just healthy incremental changes. So finding medications for obesity or severe obesity are right, talking to your doctor about them or finding a doctor that you feel comfortable seeing if medications will be helpful for you. 
Got you. Well, Dr. Megan Bensignor, I so appreciate your time this morning. I hope you have a spectacular rest of your week. And again, thank you so much for the work you're doing and thank you for the conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Our producer is Anna Weggle and our digital producer is Jay Gabler. Our theme music is a portion of the song FB1 Number 2 by Christian Bjorklund under the non-commercial Sharealike 3.0 international license. Head to thecurrent.org for more wellness content and great music.